Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and video show which brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe and hit the bell icon. I'm your host, Fritz Bussemaker, and today I'm delighted and privileged to have a conversation with Lotte Davis. Lotte, welcome to the show. Thank you, Fritz. Now, Lotte was born in South Africa. When she was 10, she moved to Vancouver, Canada, where she founded a very successful business, AG Hair, a hair care business. Uh, but uh, sometime later, she turned to her roots, uh, to Africa, to start One Girl Can, a nonprofit which uh, offers mentorship, scholarships, and specifically to girls. So Lotte, again, welcome to the program. Thank um, you very much. Let me just jump into that. Uh, you're born in South Africa, but then your family left South Africa. Why was that? Uh, because of apartheid, uh, they did not uh, buy into uh, the um, philosophy of the time, the, the practice, and it was becoming quite violent. Um, and uh, they decided to move to Canada to a, a safer haven. Okay, makes sense. And then you grew up, you started uh, AG Hair. By the way, AG Hair, what does the AG stand for? Uh, it stands for advanced goodness. It's a natural hair care line. Great. Okay. Um, but after a couple of years, almost 30 years in Canada, um, you wanted to go back. You wanted to do something. You wanted to give back to a society. Uh, before, uh, and you started One Girl Can. Uh, what, what was the trigger? Why did you start that? I think that um, the experiences that I had as a child growing up in, in South Africa, um, understanding the fear, um, the discrimination, um, very aware and sensitive to how people were treated um, based solely on their skin color, uh, really left an, uh, an indelible mark on me and it, it shaped um, where I would uh, put my, my focus, my energy um, for the rest of my life. Um, leaving Africa itself uh, in the late 50s on an ocean liner and stopping in every port in the Eastern coast with the, the magical colors, the, the, f the flavors, the, uh, the, the different tribes and cultures um, instilled um, another element of, of connection for me. And um, uh, this really started to stay with me and, and, and shaped what I would want to do with my life going forward. Okay. So then you, what was more important than uh, one girl can will uh, or going back to Africa? You know, it, uh, the, the time between uh, landing in Canada when I was 10 years old and finally um, being a successful woman um, and having the, the resources, the time and the ability to go to Africa. Um, so many things happened during that span. Um, I didn't have that idea that I was going to form a, a charitable organization yeah. at 10 years of age. But when I did go to Canada, um, one of the first things I started noticing is that that same sort of discrimination uh, was also being leveraged against women. 
and that women were considered inferior. Um, it was very obvious how uh, women were treated by men. I've always had a sensitivity to how people treat each other. And I noticed that that same sense of inequality existed um, with women as well. And I consider myself very lucky to have been brought up during the 60s when the whole world was revolting against the way people were being treated. Mm -hmm. uh, there was sexual revolution, there was a cultural revolution, there was um, a civil rights revolution. Um, and so that really fueled uh, the fire in me. Um, and I became very determined as a, as a young a teenager as a young adolescent that I was going to um, become successful as a woman that I would not let this happen to me. So um, the first thing I needed to do was become successful. And um, that became the first focus in my life. You, you can't help other people unless you become successful yourself. And it was really through all those years of, of proving that I, I could be a successful businesswoman, uh, raising my own two daughters and seeing them grow up with purpose and direction um, and without having any, any roadblocks, obstacles in, in their way to their path to success, um, that I did finally um, ultimately was able to realize the dream that I had of being able to go back to Africa and try to atone for some of the injustices that I had witnessed. Um, and I was particularly focused on women. Um, I had incredible amount of joy, derived incredible joy from watching my own daughters grow up. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do this over and over again. <clears throat> I had no idea how I was going to do it. But when the time came, I, I did finally just get on a plane, um, chose Kenya, and the next stage of my life kind of evolved organically. That sounds quite, uh, that you almost leave it up to coincidence or not? Yeah, I think that I've lived my whole life that way. There's a, a determination to do something and uh, you don't know what the end result is, but you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep walking in that direction um, and ultimately solve all the problems along the way. Okay. Um, now, I read somewhere that, as you just said, you got on a plane, you landed in uh, uh, Nairobi, and then I figured it out. But you did figure it out because it became a very successful NGO. But can you uh, take us along a little bit what you actually did when you landed uh, to make certain that you got where you are? Yes, um, I started by uh, uh, donating to uh, World Vision and uh, built a water project that serviced uh, a few schools. So I managed to um, visit some of these schools through uh, World Vision. And then I also managed to get a connection to AMRAF, which used to be the Flying Doctors. And that is an NGO that is based in Africa, run by Africans. And um, that was more along the lines of the type of organization that I wanted to work with. World Vision, uh, multinational global organizations um, would never give me access to, uh, to the projects that I, that I wanted to do. So I decided I would go and see those projects and see how that relationship might unfold and explore another one with the Flying Doctors, which was much more along the lines of um, an organization that I could work with um, and allowed me liberal access to, to projects. 
Okay, so um, Emma, I'm hearing that, okay, you landed in Nairobi and you said, okay, I know there are already existing organizations I can reach out to, I can see how I can help, I can support this watch, but uh, at a certain point you decided to set up One Girl Can. Was that already uh, in the making or was that something you learned over time that, oh, actually I need to do this? Yes, it was a very unintentional. I knew that I wanted to get more involved. I knew that I wanted to have an impact on gender inequality, had no idea how to do it. And uh, through AMRAF, they introduced me to a school. And the minute I laid eyes on it, I knew that I was going to rebuild that school. Um, and I went on to build five schools with them. Uh, girls schools in very uh, remote regions uh, where um, other uh, relief organizations and charities didn't really um, have much impact. And um, over time, as an entrepreneur, um, I realized that I couldn't work with uh, an NGO. Uh, mm -hmm. It was like mixing oil and water. Uh, entrepreneurs with a bureaucratic organization like that was, um, I needed to get in there myself. Um, so it wasn't my intention to start a charity, but I knew that if I was ever going to make a success of this, that I would have to do this alone. I knew that building schools alone was not going to impact gender inequality. It would provide one stage of the platform. And um, I needed to run it myself. That was just uh, how I'd run my entire life. I've always, I've always been an entrepreneur. And um, I realized that running a charity is no different from running a business. Uh, one provides profit and the other one does not. Um, and that was the only difference really. Everything else was very, very similar. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that it's actually who you are as a person, as an individual, which determined, okay, then I need to go this direction. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Now, um, if there are people in the audience who are considering the same thing, what would your advice be? Um, uh, what are the things to watch out for? What are the things uh, you've learned along the way where you say, okay, that's the thing uh, people should realize? In terms of uh, starting a charitable organization, a not-for-profit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, let's start with that. I don't really distinguish the two that much. I think that uh, any business that you're going to start is going to have is fraught with problems and being an entrepreneur is all about problem solving every day. So whether it's there or here or whether you're making a profit or not, the same issues need to be addressed. I needed a strong marketing program. I needed to identify who my customer was, which who are the girls themselves. I needed to understand what the need was and how I was going to fulfill that need. I needed to speak to my customers to uh, understand how, to, how I was going to um, provide that service for them. Um, I needed a business plan. Um, so all of these things came into play. And as any business, it evolves constantly. You don't really know what the end outcome is going to be. Uh, it, it grows organically and you learn along the way. So I, uh, I would say if you have an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial bent, <laughs> you could yeah. probably, uh, you could probably start an up for profit just as easily. Okay. Now I understand uh, the, the profit versus non-for-profit, uh, the same actually type of mechanics. Uh, I was more alluding to, I would say, the topic, the content, the product, 
And what I'm hearing, actually from the, the get-go when we started this interview, you talked about your experience seeing girls, seeing the, the discrimination. So uh, uh, is, do, do you need to have that uh, passion, that I would say that almost that emotional connection with the topic to make it a success? Yes, I would. I would. Uh, I would wholeheartedly say that that is what drove me. I would never abandon the girls. I I needed to see them successful, and I yeah. I can't stop until they're earning an, an income. Yeah. That is uh, that is our mandate. Um, that's how we measure uh, the impact that we're making on gender inequality is by making sure that the girls are uh, economically independent um, and can make their own decisions and are respected in the community and have a voice. So until I've achieved that, I, I, uh, that, that passion drives me uh, to continue to do the work. Okay. Just as a side note, can you give us a little bit of the metrics, like how many girls uh, have followed uh, your program at the moment? Uh, yes. Um, since 2008, we have built 130 school facilities, uh, buildings within schools, um, we're currently building a three-story dormitory in the Kibera slums, and it'll be the first dormitory that has ever been built there. Um, and we started with uh, three high school, uh, three university students in 2013 with scholarships and 14 high school girls. And we now have over a thousand girls on high school and university scholarships. Um, and then the mentoring program that we started in 2013, we now mentor over 12,000 girls every year uh, in workshops. Wow. And uh, I can understand uh, the, the high school part, but what does mentoring mean in this case? What, what, do, you mentor, what do you mentor girls on? It is a broader term, um, and we're, we're now expanding that to training as well. So we started workshops uh, in high school, um, understanding that... Um, these girls don't have real role models in very rural areas where extreme poverty is the norm. Even their teachers are unsophisticated and they have no idea how to move their lives forward. And this is what I discovered from speaking with them. And I also had to find a way for me to be able to connect with the girls um, as a um, privileged uh, white woman coming from a prosperous country, um, how could I have the temerity to actually speak to these girls and tell them that, you know, you too can be successful like me. Um, and what I found the common denominator, the link between us when I started speaking to them is that my success came from setting goals in life and that everybody, regardless of where you are in the world or what your situation is, can move their lives forward in increments by having a vision for the life they want to live and putting concrete goals together and putting a plan together every single day, every month, every year on how you're going to get there. And that became the underpinning of all of the workshops that we do. And every year we do a different uh, workshop for high school. We start out with an Empower Me workshop where we get girls to um, think about uh, what they're good at, what their preferences are, what do people say about you and what would you like to do? Um, and then we start getting into goal setting. And then we start discovering in the second year in high school, what career fields do you like? Do you like working outdoors? Do you like working with numbers? Do you like working with people? And then we do more goal setting. And then uh, by the time they get to grade 11, um, we start 
really narrowing down on careers, specific careers within those fields. And uh, we have booklets that they that they fill out. Uh, they're inspirational uh, workshops, an hour and a half, um, and uh, they the outcome of them is is very clear what career they should be going into and their confidence grows every year that we see them because they are setting goals. They want to be a doctor and suddenly the biology marks get better and better and they understand uh, that they knew, uh, you know, how they need to achieve that goal. And then they win a university scholarship through that. And then we take them to conferences in Nairobi every year in university where we have successful business women, both from Kenya and abroad, come and speak to them on how they became successful and shortcuts to, uh, to success and inspire them further. So we have a point of contact with them from the time they start grade nine until the day they get a job um, we do entrepreneurial training. We teach them how to intern. We find internships for them. We uh, find vocational and professional programs for them so that they can hone their education in a specific direction as well so that they have uh, they, they can find a job and are marketable. Um, so that is sort of the, the, this umbrella of, of mentoring that, that we provide them. So we are always there pushing them in the small of their back and telling them that they can do it and how they can do it. Seems actually quite labor intensive from your end if you um, spend so many time on following the girls to reach where they are. Yes, but if we don't do it, if we just offer a scholarship and we never have a point of contact with them, how will we know that they're successful? And probably they won't be. They, you know, that mentoring component is very, very important. It's not just the financial support, but it's, um, it, it's exposure to other women um, that is, is so relevant. And women want to get on board to lend their experience and their successes mm -hmm. and, and help, uh, help other girls get there faster. Okay, so, so how many people uh, do you manage or how many people are involved in providing that mentorship and all program? Um, well, we have a staff in Kenya of three, an executive director who conducts many of the workshops. I've conducted many of the workshops. Um, we have a lot of volunteers, um, women from all over the world. Through YPO, one of our YPO contacts is, has now developed an online mentoring program that works with algorithms. And we're in the, the test phase of that right now so that we can eventually connect either uh, a girl sponsor with them directly to help coach and mentor them through a career or find people in that similar career to help, uh, help them move their lives forward. Okay. Uh, for, oh, by the way, for those people who don't know YPO, what does YPO stand for? Young President's Organization, which I will say I'm not uh, one of those words does not apply to me anymore, okay. um, but it is now a global organization uh, that um, harnesses the uh, the energy and the successes of um, of uh, successful business people and um, uh, to help other people as as in their community as well and worldwide. Okay, great. Hey, thank you for that. Uh, a couple of questions uh, still in my mind. Um, uh, first of all, if you spend so much time with these goals, uh, what do the parents think about this? Um, do, are, are they happy with this involvement from your side? 
they're absolutely thrilled with it. Yeah. Um, in, in Africa, most families don't have enough money to put their kid through school. It's very expensive. Um, there is absolutely more and more government support all the time, but it is a poor country and there just is not enough government uh, funding to be able to put kids through, through high school. And they are working very hard on trying to do that. But the uh, funding that the parents are able to raise usually goes towards the boy um, to ensure that the boy gets the education and, and potentially goes to university. But uh, girls are often left behind and um, stay home to, to do the work. So for them to see their, their girls being able to get an education, and it is becoming more and more apparent globally that investing in education for girls in underdeveloped developing countries is the fastest way to uh, grow the economy um, and to uh, uh, to start creating a more equal environment for girls. Great. Uh, I, I really love that approach, being the father of two daughters myself, so I very much understand uh, what you're uh, sharing with us. Um, to what extent, once these girls graduate, once they have a job, uh, are they also going to be the role models, the mentors of your the, the next uh, hurdle of girls as well? Do they come back? Yes. Yes, we, we, that certainly is the intention. Um, we have a few things in place uh, to, to connect the girls. Uh, they all commit to paying forward 5% of their salary for four years into a scholarship fund once they start working. Um, and uh, they are also obliged to mentor another girl themselves once they get into university. They have to fill out a report. Um, and every student, we currently have 350 in university, Every student uh, does this every year. So they learn uh, to pass on the same coaching techniques that we use, uh, the goal setting techniques and help someone else. Okay. That's good. And so we also currently employ uh, two girls who are now graduates. They're full-time employed with our organization. So very much pass it forward. Hey, yeah. um, can you, do you have a vision on when you're going to be finished with this? No, there's no end date. There's no end. There, there's no end date. There will, there will always be a need. Um, the vision is that I, I pass the baton to other people who have uh, more knowledge, more connections, more energy. Um, allow more and more people to get involved in this. This isn't about me at all. I, I start things. Um, but in order for this to become more and more successful, uh, my footprint needs to get smaller and smaller over time. And um, I've made way for incredible, incredible women that are now involved in the organization and more and more men as well. Um, and YPO, uh, the organization that I belong to has really stepped up to, to help me in, in many different ways and provide introductions to people who can help us. Yeah, that, that, you, you mentioned boys already. I just want to briefly come back on that. Uh, so boys are excluded from the program. Um, does this create uh, some kind of jealousy, uh, have experienced that? Or do they understand, okay, we need to uh, support our girls as well? Yeah, I wouldn't uh, use the term that boys are excluded. Uh, boys are just not the focus of our organization. Um, everyone has a focus, and if you stick with that, then you're going to be successful, and when you spread your, yourself too thin, then you're not going to be successful. Um, our, our philosophy is that we... Um, 
girls have so little opportunity in, in developing countries. If we can make one girl whole, um, provide her with an income, she can provide herself with an income, she will teach her sons to be better fathers and better husbands um, and uh, educate her children equally. Um, and so ultimately this does get passed down. Um, the statistic is that women reinvest 90% of their earnings back into their communities and their families in developing countries, and men reinvest 30 to 40%. So it makes sense for us to invest in women who have had no opportunity. They work hard. Um, they uh, are very community work uh, focused. Um, and in a stage of country's development, it is so important that women start to earn their own income um, and start contributing to the, uh, to the uh, economic development of their country. So um, boys are not excluded. They are, they are part of it. But I think we have to be extremely aware of, of the fact that they may feel that they're being shorted. Um, um, they've also been conditioned to think that they need to be the man of the house, that they are more important than women. And uh, it's going to be a, a very delicate dance as the, um, the levels start changing and um, uh, between men and women, the um, perspective that, that they have on, on how to do it. A lot of women become educated. They marry someone and they say, get my dinner ready, get the kids, put the kids to bed. I'm still the man of the house. And I think that this evolution has happened in the West as well. It has taken time for a man to realize that you need to do 50% of the work in raising the family. I'm, I'm providing 50% of the income, but it does take time for that balance to, um, to come together. Uh, personal experience, I uh, very much agree and relate to that. Um, two my last questions. Um, first of all, um, how does your own family um, react or feel about what you're doing? Are they part of what they're doing? Or is that just uh, your own uh, almost private project? Uh, no, they, they very much are involved um, by their own volition. Um, my husband uh, was the photographer um, that I took with me to Africa uh, in the beginning. Um, he is the auctioneer at our fundraising events. Um, and uh, one of my daughters is an actress and she has become the ambassador and um, has helped use her position and her celebrity um, to uh, draw, bring more attention to One Girl Can. Um, and both of my girls sponsor university girls and high school girls. Um, they've been to Africa with me. Um, they have come and spoken to the girls about their own experience. We'll, sit under trees with groups of girls and, and talk about our experiences as women in the West and here, and uh, they're very much involved. Okay. Hey, good to hear. One final brief uh, question and answer. Uh, what's your advice to uh, people who want to start maybe the same journey? Um, Go for it. Go for <laughs> Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. go for it. I, um, at one point in my life, thought that um, being successful uh, meant 
earning um, a, a wonderful income and being financially independent. And I have found out now that success is really about being able to give that away and to share the secrets to your success with someone else. There's nothing more rewarding than being able to help somebody else change their life. Um, and you can do it through just sharing everything that you have accomplished in your life. Hey, Lotte, I'm so happy uh, that you've spent time sharing your knowledge and experience and insights with uh, the brand called you. It was very much a pleasure to talk to you. So thank you for sharing your insights today. And I wish you success with uh, One Girl Can. Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the brand called You videocast and podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.